Hey there, my name is Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. Today, I'm going to take you on a bit of a personal journey through my life so far, and in particular, some of the key milestones of my career. I know many of you are feeling uncertain about where you're at in your career and your job search, and really what comes next. You might be trying to decide what the right path is for you now that you've completed your studies, or perhaps if you've lost your job or an opportunity that you thought was coming because of the pandemic, you may also be reassessing things. I totally get this. I was in the same position when I approached my university graduation and I was just starting my professional life. And although I'm fortunate that I'm still working, I have heard from many people over the last few months that they're having to switch gears or refocus their career path. So today I wanted to share a few career and life experiences that will hopefully inspire you to remain hopeful and optimistic that even if you have to change direction, everything can still work out perfectly. Because what may or may not surprise you about my own journey is that some of my best opportunities and my most meaningful experiences and my most impactful life lessons came out of what I can only describe as my toughest moments. Moments and experiences that I never imagined for myself when I first started out my career and my adult life. But before we jump into a bunch of personal sharing, I want to give a shout out to a listener who left a really wonderful comment on Apple Podcasts. Michelle Amelia writes, Melanie shares so many amazing tips and advice to grow into a successful HR professional. Not only was she one of my professors who inspired me through learning and stories she had shared in the classroom, but extending her knowledge through the HR Mentor podcast has helped answer a lot of the wondering thoughts and questions I've had going forward and will continue to have after my journey through university. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing this and for being the wonderful human that you are. I'm grateful that the information that I'm sharing is helpful to you and for your thoughtful feedback. I honestly can't wait to see where your path is going to take you. And I absolutely love that you are seeing your life as a journey because that is what this episode is all about. My journey to 46. Let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. I grew up in a very small town, less than a thousand people in the town itself, and two and a half hours from a major center. My parents, in comparison, grew up in the suburbs of Vancouver. So it was a huge shock to their friends and probably some of their family when they decided to move our little family 10 hours north. I was just three years old at the time. But my parents built a wonderful life for themselves and for us as a family. My father built a successful retail business, and my mother had a successful career as a high school teacher. My brother and I both seemed to have many opportunities, and to be honest, I don't think either of us ever felt we missed out on anything. I think we both loved where we grew up. The friends we had, many of whom are still close friends, and the lifestyle that we got to live. 
But that said, when it came time for me to graduate from high school, I set my sights on university as far away as possible, or as far away within the province as possible. I had applied to all three big BC universities, and I made my decision to go to Victoria, which was as far as you could get from where I grew up and still be in the province. At the time, there were only four universities in BC. So off I went. I left my high school sweetheart in that small town as he had a year remaining in high school, and I enrolled in a general arts program. Now, despite everyone in my family knowing I was a determined person, I conceded to my mother and my high school counselor on the program that I was going to study. Even then, I knew I wanted to go to business school. I had loved working in my dad's store as a teenager and was very interested in the operations of his business. But my counselor and my mom and most of the people that knew me thought I should be a teacher. And that was not what I wanted to do at the time. They convinced me that my career opportunities with a business degree would be limited and that I would end up pushing paper in some office for the rest of my life. So I gave in and I started in this general arts program. I enrolled in some writing courses, something that I'd been complimented for in high school. I took a French class, something that I studied through high school and was fairly good at. I took a history class, Japanese, and I think the last one was psychology, but I can't completely remember. So off I went, and I knew very early on that it was all wrong for me. I actually hated it. I had done well in high school, and I didn't mind school or my classes, but I knew right away that this was not for me. I was also incredibly homesick something I'd battled with as a kid but thought I was over. And despite having really great friends at UVic, my dorm room never really felt right. It just never felt like a comfortable place for me. The worst part was that I hated most of what I was studying. I was getting hammered for my high school writing style, which always confused me because getting feedback that said you write like a high school student when you're only a few months out of high school seemed like unfair criticism to me, but whatever. And then I found out that Japanese was way tougher than I thought. And then my history class was just killing me with boredom. There was nothing interesting in it for me, even though I appreciate history. I didn't want to study and write about it. Then the worst thing possible happened. In my third week, my dad had his second heart attack. He had had one four or five years earlier. So I took a week and I went to be with him. I left all thoughts of my studies behind. But after a week, my parents said I had to go back to school. But for me, I think I knew in that week that there was really no going back for me. I fell really behind in my classes. And despite trying my best, Japanese was done for me. I had some really embarrassing moments returning to the class because a lot of the practicing you had to do orally, and I was just so far behind with what they had covered in that week. I didn't even understand what was going on in the class. This was all a bit of a big blow to me because I'd always been a good student. I'd never had a problem keeping up or catching up if I missed classes. And coupled with the concern I had for my father, it just really wasn't a good scenario. I did tough out the semester to Christmas hadn't really communicated any of my 
sort of thoughts to my parents and enjoyed my holiday time at home. My dad started to slowly recover and he went home and I slowly became more and more sad and frustrated with where I was and what I was doing. So in January, my dad came to visit me. We actually met with a counselor at the university to see if we could adjust my classes to try and make things better and get me through this first year. And although I appreciated their efforts to help me, I knew in my heart there was only going to be one thing that was going to work for me, and that was to quit. I couldn't say it out loud for a number of days that my dad was there visiting with me, but when I finally mustered the courage, all I can tell you is that it was the hugest feeling of relief. And what was extra ironic about this whole scenario is that his visit was not only to help me out, but also to watch me receive an entrance scholarship to the university. But it was in that week that we decided I was done. I don't remember anything related to the process of leaving or moving home. I just remember how relieved I was to hear him say that it was okay to leave, that I would be supported, and that him and my mom still loved me. I'd been so worried about what they would think or what the people in my small town would think that I'd made myself pretty sick with stress. But that one moment of understanding and support changed everything. It was definitely one of the toughest decisions I ever had to make in my life, but it was also one of the best decisions I made. After some time at home and regrouping, I ended up moving to Kamloops and I started my journey at TRU and five years later completed my business degree. It was not the path that was put before me, nor was it really the path I expected for myself. I actually thought I was just going to figure it out at UVic and move on. I didn't really feel like putting all that effort into getting accepted to UVic, to applying for scholarships and bursaries, that it was going to end up in me quitting and moving back to that small town. But that's what happened. And I learned a lot through that process. And the most important thing was that it's okay to ask for what you need and to honor who you are and what you like. I also learned that... It's okay to shift gears, and changing paths is not the end of the world. I was very concerned about what people would think of me in the community, that I would be judged for quitting, that I was maybe indecisive or flaky or, or whatever, but I was making decisions based on what other people thought was best for me. And that whole experience really taught me that it's important for me to honor my values, what's what I desire, what my path is, and that it doesn't have to be right for other people. Also, that if you head out on one particular path and you decide to change gears, that's okay. It's not the end of the world, even though it feels like that in the moment. That was a really pivotal early experience for me as a young adult. It taught me a lot about honoring who I am. Fast forward a number of years and I've now launched my career in HR. I worked my way up from related roles that were not directly in HR. I started as an employment counselor and career coach and then I moved into a co-op coordinator position at a university. 
And after three or four years, I made my way into a recruiter position at a call center. Like so many of you, I figured that once I had my degree, I would be offered HR advisor roles. And that's what I was applying for and getting nowhere. But I asked for some feedback and I learned that that was not the right path for an HR profession, but rather I needed to get some experience first. So I quickly shifted my focus once I got that feedback and I started to look at ways that I could work my way up to that. And it did work. I moved into more advanced roles over the next eight years. I became a mom twice, bought a monster house in the suburbs, and it was all very lovely. I felt like I had really set out on a clear path and would realize in the near future more advanced roles in HR. But then one day I woke up and realized that I did not want to raise my kids in the rat race of the Lower Mainland. Now, no offense to those of you that love it, but it is not me. My husband was commuting for hours, and I realized that if something didn't change, that I was going to spend the better part of my 30s and 40s living out of my car as I shuffled my kids around and tried to have some semblance of a life for myself. So I decided that this was not going to work, and I set my sights on Kamloops. It was closer to family. It was a smaller community. Neither of us would be commuting in any kind of meaningful or troubling way. And it was a community that we both knew well because we were both graduates of TRU. But what I didn't expect was that it was going to take a pretty significant step backwards career-wise for both of us and that we would be giving up a lot of income and possibly living off one income for some time. So that meant giving up some things that we had appreciated about the lifestyle we'd created, having two professional incomes, having this big home. It was something that we knew we were going to have to sacrifice in order to get what we wanted. This time I was really clear on the goal, however, and I was not going to be persuaded (laughs) otherwise. It did take over a year for me to find the right opportunity. And when I did, yeah, it was a step backwards, financially and position-wise. But somehow I knew that I was going to be able to work my way back up again. I just felt like it was going to be okay. I knew I had skills. I knew how to build relationships. I had great experience. And I just felt like eventually I would find great opportunities, even if the first one wasn't a perfect one. It was definitely very scary. I had to leave my family for three months before they could join me. And there was a lot of going back and forth and a lot of work put into making that move. But we were both on board with the lifestyle that we wanted and making the move in order to achieve that. Although I didn't know it at the time, the move was totally worth it. Yes, other opportunities came for both of us. And During that time, I also completed my MBA. I started to teach at TRU on the side and navigated my way through our divorce, another experience I never imagined that I would go through. But what was really valuable about this time was that I learned so much about myself and what I was capable of through the personal changes I was facing and also my MBA. 
And I know looking back that had I not made that move, that this would have been an even tougher transition for me. One of the most important things that I learned during that time is that I can't do it all. I often describe those years when I was completing my education as some of the craziest. I don't recommend that anyone take on what I took on, but I did learn a lot about myself during that time. At the end of it all, when that final semester of my MBA finished, I was taking two courses. I taught a course at TRU. I was working full-time and looking after my kids. And I promptly got on a plane, flew to Thailand, and spent three weeks by myself. (laughs) One of the things that I realized is that no one is going to care more about your emotional health, happiness, and well-being than you. And you need to do what you need to do during those periods of time. I recently read this quote from Humble the Poet, and it really sums up my learnings during this time perfectly. It says, we can do anything, but not everything. And that realization will save a lifetime of grief and frustration. This was a significant period of growth and change for me, as well as a lifestyle adjustment. But I don't regret making the move. I don't regret taking the step backwards. And I don't regret choosing lifestyle over my career or a job title. I think it was through that experience that I knew I didn't care about being the boss or moving into a VP role. But what I really wanted was to have meaning in my life and my work, that time was precious, that my life was precious, and that I needed to take care of that. So I think it was during that time that I realized that making an impact was more important than making money. And that was solidified for me years later. So now that I'm through the craziest time in my life, I'm still in Kamloops, and I'm continuing to work as a generalist in two different organizations. I got to work with amazing people, and I enjoyed both organizations. Then I got an incredible opportunity to take on a role I never thought I would have while living in Kamloops. I was very content being a generalist. As I said, I had no desire to move into top leadership roles that I really wanted to have that kind of balance between my personal life and work. But working in a talent management role was something that I always wanted to do. I had a taste of that when I worked at the credit union. And this role that had come up was overseeing succession planning and workforce planning. And I was just thrilled when I saw the opportunity. So I was successful in going through the application process. I had made connections with the director prior. uh, So I was able to have an early conversation with him to try and understand the role. And six months after starting that, I was leading two teams as well as doing my own individual work. And I really felt like I was on a roll. It gave me an opportunity to really make an impact in the organization. I built great relationships with leaders, people I still call my friends. And honestly, I was having a ton of fun doing the work that I was doing. I really felt like I had moved beyond where I was when I left the lower mainland and that that sort of one step backwards was now netting the two steps forwards. 
And it was a really proud moment for me. I felt really content and happy and I was enjoying myself. Then for reasons that I now understand but still don't agree with, our department was restructured. And although I knew something was sort of looming or brewing in the background, learning that my role was being eliminated and all my work was no longer needed or was being given to someone else, it was really like having the rug pulled out from under me or maybe more accurately, it felt like a punch in the gut. Those of you that have been through this experience before know exactly what I'm talking about. It was devastating for me. Technically, I had a choice to stay. I could have taken on a new position, one that I didn't want and a job that I had done before, or I could go. And I won't get into the details, but although I chose to leave, it was probably one of the most difficult experiences of my whole career. That said, I didn't hesitate to make the decision to leave. Going full circle back to that early conversation with my dad about leaving university, I had a similar conversation with them about leaving this organization. I remember clear as day, it took my parents about three and a half seconds to say, you need to go, which was shocking because I'm a single parent, I have a home, I, there was a lot riding on that decision, but they knew that I wasn't going to be successful in that organization and that I wasn't going to be happy having my role taken away from me because they knew how much I loved the work that I was doing. And they also had a lot of faith in my ability to make a change, to find a new path, and to still be successful. I did just that. It was only a few short months after leaving that organization that I started Unicorn Group and started to get referrals to do consulting for small businesses. And at the same time, I went back to teaching at TRU, only two courses a semester at the time, but that was enough for me. I was excited about building up my consulting practice and having that direct contact with students again, something that I had missed. A few short months after that, another opportunity came along that I never thought I would ever have, and that was to teach full-time. It never occurred to me that there would be an opportunity to teach at the university without having my PhD, and all of a sudden, there it was. And it was such an exciting prospect for me because I truly love teaching, Ironic, I know, I didn't want to be a teacher, but things kind of came full circle. Now you may be wondering, what does this have to do with you? One of the things that I hear from a lot of new professionals is this desire to have this consistent upward mobility in their career. A lot of people think that career paths are straight lines that go up, up, up in salary, position, title, and responsibility. But what I wanted to show you with my very crooked path is that that's not always the case and often is not the case. I know many professionals like me that have had to take a step backwards and sometimes two in order to move forwards or in order to have the lifestyle they want or the quality of life they want. Sometimes it means taking a lateral move or changing communities. There isn't one right path for everybody. 
you have to decide what the best path is for you. And if you make the decision to honor what you enjoy, where your interests are, what you like doing, then chances are you're going to do pretty darn good at it. And you're going to find opportunities that are aligned with that. And of course, the opposite is true. My early university days taught me that if you're not interested in something, chances are you're not going to be the best at it. Okay, let's wrap this up. The key things I want you to take away from today's episode. Number one, your career is probably not going to look like a straight upwards line. It's going to have twists and turns. And the most important thing you can do is try and learn from those opportunities and see them as opportunities to try new things or carve a new path for yourself. Number two, follow what interests and excites you. You're always going to do better at something that you're interested in and that you enjoy doing. Even if it means taking a little less money in the long run, you're probably going to have more opportunities with that type of a career path. Number three, be willing to start anywhere. In those early days, you may not be doing the desired type of work or your ideal job, but you're gaining experience, you're learning to build relationships, you're building up competencies and capabilities, and there's value in that. And that is going to lead to more opportunities down the road. The last thing I want you to remember is that you are not a job title or a position. Don't worry about what someone else's title is or the position they're at in the organization. You have no idea if they're even happy doing what they're doing. Choose the path that's right for you. And if if that means you're happier in an individual contributor position or by making a lateral move to try out something new, that's what's right for you. Has my life so far been what I imagined as a teenager or a young adult? Absolutely not. But has it been perfect? Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you found some value in it and that it gives you some perspective on what your career could possibly look like or not. Either way, I appreciate you being here and taking the time to listen. If you haven't already subscribed to The HR Mentor, please do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean, and be sure that you never miss a future episode. And if you have a thought or a comment, feel free to leave them wherever you're listening, or you can always message me directly through social media or email on my website. Bye for now.